Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. Just a reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is financial education only and is not personal advice. If you do need advice, please see a qualified professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, Susan. Welcome back to the How To Money podcast. Hi, Kate. And it's a beautiful blue sky out there today in old Melbourne town. <laughs> We're spending a little bit of time today to talk about 10 ways to lose money when investing. Oh, yes. That's always a favourite topic of mine. So we've definitely been thinking about that recently. Yes, because I'm always losing money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the aim is to uh, just make just a bit more than you lose. Yep. Yep, and I think the important thing is for new investors, you often hear all the brilliant stories from a friend, how they invested in Afterpay or Zip Money and suddenly it went up 100 200% in a week or a month. Um, but we don't often hear the disaster stories because, to be honest, most of us do not want to tell you about our losses. And we don't really want to hear about it. We want to hear the... The good news stories. We, yeah. we loved hearing about the, the Bitcoin millionaires of 2018, um, everyone jumping on the IPOs, um, the, so the initial public offerings for uh, Amazon and just it's been super rich now. So it's just yeah. we're loving hearing all those great stories, but we don't really talk about the Bitcoin bankrupts. Yes. You know, people who unfortunately mortgage their house and it can cause, you know, not only loss of house, but often no loss of a marriage or family because the spouse is not happy when they find out that their um, house has been mortgaged to what would now appear a ridiculous craze. Mm. And I think as a new investor, you're probably learning a lot from Google. You're probably looking uh, and finding your information from Google. So a lot of the time you're going to be distracted left, right, every direction by different people and companies spruiking different ideas, trading strategies, products, um, and noise. Yes, noise. And it distracts you from, in essence, the basics of investing, which we try and cover here at How To Money. But so today we're just going to cover our favorite 10 ways to lose money when investing. Yeah, so this is just a few ideas of what not to do and maybe one or two of you have uh, got some of your own, some new ones, so you can always um, send us some yes, ideas. we'd love to hear. How you've lost money. <laughs> yes, it's, a, it's good to learn from other people's mistakes in this because... Uh, saves you doing it yourself. Saves you losing money. So not an exhausted list, but here's a few of ours. So... The first one is probably my favourite, and I do try and bring this up with all my friends and family, is the great Aussie barbecue tip. Or, or the taxi driver tip. Yes. Um, or your friend who knows someone who knows someone. Or the hairdresser. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so really, it's listening to someone who tells you they've heard a rumour, they know a surefire thing. Or they've just bought it themselves and they want to get validation. Yes, yes. So the more people who will buy it, of course, it goes up. So, so usually this isn't done with bad intentions of the person telling you, but they might not know anything about it. They've just jumped onto a trend themselves um, and they're just sharing something they've heard from someone else, from someone else. And you've got to do your own research. Just because a friend or a taxi driver tells you about this next big stock, 
doesn't mean it's actually the next big stock. So make sure you always do your own research. Yeah. So you can't blame them if you go off and buy it yourself. So, Mm. I mean, they may give you an idea and sometimes you can read something and that gives you an idea and you thought, well, is this worth it? I will now look into it. So that's it's great if they do give you that gem of an idea. But you've definitely got to take ownership for your own decisions. Mm. And I, I hear a lot of people end up with a stock that's gone to zero and I go, well, why'd you buy that? And they said, oh, someone told me it was good at the time. Hmm. Um, and then they, they don't know why they've bought it and they don't know what and then to do with it. And they don't follow it then. Yeah. And often that's that's the truth. You don't understand the business case and what this company was trying to do. Mm. Yeah. Now, okay. my second one is online forums and stock pumpers. It's a bit so, like the barbecue tip but in social yes, media now. there are definitely... As you're learning, you'll definitely find some online forums that are quite popular, mm. with especially with stock investing, but they are promoting other products as well. And it's also happening on Twitter. People are getting paid and not disclosing it and actually pumping up small company stocks and different products. And they've actually caught a few of these people out and they've been fined or given sort of restrictions. But you don't know online especially why someone's promoting you to buy or sell a particular stock you don't know their intentions you don't know if they're actually an employee if they're going to make money out of it because if they promote a stock or a financial product and it goes up and then they can sell and they might gain something from it so yep so it's it's like the barbecue tip but in a new version and it's not clear whether it's just honest i really do like this company or as Kate says, there is some further, you know, promotion. I mean, some of these companies, of course, have got PR people working yep. behind the scenes now and they are trying to push their name, whether it's in newspapers or online forums or social websites of some type. Yeah, and what I have sort of discovered is there's actually you can have influences in people that are promoting financial products or small cap stocks mm. um, and they sort of go on the forum and spruik a stock um, and they've got big followings so people listen to them but they're actually getting compensated in some form so in- yeah as always it's you know why are people telling you this what's yeah. in it for them and I find online there's a lot more herd mentality as well yeah sort of everyone will everyone will get excited or discouraged altogether yeah because yeah, it's a new way of, of um, yeah information which you couldn't do 20 years ago so we didn't have Mm. that same sense of herd mentality yeah the third one is not questioning a free lunch or an investment seminar well again it's another variation isn't it um you do get offered once your name is known you've registered for a few things in the past asx runs some very good seminars you might have registered there or perhaps your stockbroker you might have gone online, registered there, and they bring you in. And sometimes it's to listen to a CEO of a small cap or a CEO fund manager. And again, they're going to tell you the positive stories. Mm. Um, and it might be a great place for you to learn. You know, what is these fund managers about? What is that stock about? But again, come home and do your own research. Mm. You know, why isn't anyone else following them? And it may be you'll discover a stock that no one follows and it will become the next big thing. But, again, do your research. Yeah, because everyone's – no one's putting on these free seminars, lunches for free. They've they've got an angle. They've got something to push. They've got something to get out of it. Mm. 
Um, and also I'm starting to see free strategy sessions or portfolio reviews where you hand over all of your data mm-hmm. and they give you some ideas and things like that. But be very careful about that because you are giving them your financial information or personal details um, and they're coming back to you with some solutions as so be be aware of those things as well mm, and often they come back to you with solutions and quite a big uh, price tag yes. you know i'm giving you this advice but every trade will cost you know literally hundreds of dollars um for their advice or they want your ongoing business mm. or they want your super or they want your financial planning and you as know. soon as the sales rep gets a, a whiff of you being a potential client they will hound you hound you and hound you <laughs> Well, some might. Um, so, again, think, you know, what's in it for them? Do you understand the fees? Um, it may be perfectly free. I went to a really interesting seminar because I was an investor in one of the a large healthcare company and they – I never could quite work out what they were trying to sell. They were saying, oh, we just want to understand why shareholders like this company and it was really weird – I listened to them mm. for about an hour. There was a number of people who ran self-managed super funds there and who held this share, and most of us had held it for a long time. And, yeah, we just didn't work out the game plan. So sometimes it is not obvious what mm. they're trying to get out of you. Um, they may have just been trying to get our names and addresses to, to actually push something else totally different. Mm. Uh, the fourth one is trends. So. Uh. That's probably you've seen it recently with crypto, marijuana stocks, drone stocks, lithium, just jumping on any trend, having no idea what the background is, all of that stuff, and just jumping on because everyone else is and your neighbor's telling you, your brother's telling you, your teacher's telling you and just getting on it. Yeah, and my sister-in-law turned around and said, oh, I think I'll invest in Bitcoin. And then this is from a lady who has never invested in anything in her life and at 50 she's saying I'm going to invest in bitcoin I'm just looking like mouth open and how do you say I don't think that's the right way to um, spend your hard-earned savings um, when it's something hard for most of us to follow yeah a new investor occasionally trends do stay but often they just come and go and it's been happening for hundreds of years people jumping on trends um back from tulip mania yep and you know you can look at for example bitcoin and there's but there was many it wasn't one bitcoin Mm. to buy or drones there were many little companies that set up in drones and some look fantastic and maybe they will survive but Mm. often you There's a lot of hype at the start. Everyone, you're getting really excited. It takes a long I mean, time to commercialise. Yeah. You know, they've got to wait for government orders or they've got to wait for the manufacturing. And we often don't realise, or perhaps it's not well explained, between the difference from the hype or the potential of that first drone they built or that first um, prototype to actually commercial and mm. making profits. I mean, when drones years. first started becoming commercial, we were very excited mm. about that. And now we've just sort of got bored and moved on. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were totally jumping on that trend. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're seeing um, hemp, marijuana, um, lithium, as you said, anything to do with electric cars seems mm. to be another one. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of small companies will start. One or two of them will be 
probably very successful, but yeah. do you know which one it is or do you buy all well, ten of them, say, mm. and just hope that you'll, one of them will turn out? But yeah. most of us can't really afford to play that game. Mm. The next one is IPOs, so initial public offerings and mm-hmm. crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. So IPOs have been around for a long time, so that's how a company may originally list onto the stock market here in Australia. They issue what we call a prospectus, which is a very large book that's hundreds of pages. Full of, of legal pages. jargon. Illegal jargon. You now get it online. You can read. And rather the back, it'll have a uh, form to fill in or you go to your broker and say you want to invest. Mm. So a minimum amount usually will issue so many shares. So it might be, you know, $10,000 gives you 10,000 shares. It could be something mm. like that or, you know, um, so they settle all out when it will list, they put in there the risks uh, as they see it. It doesn't mean they've covered every risk known to man. It's just the risk that they see to this new company, any trading history. A lot of them do have trading histories. They're a private company going public. Um, who their bankers are, you know, all that sort of thing is very detailed in mm. there. And you're probably probably hearing about the recent IPOs of Lyft and Uber and Beyond Meat Uber, in the yeah, US. Yeah. Um, and there are these very big billion-dollar IPOs happening. But there's a lot of smaller ones happening in the background. Companies are listing on the Australian Stock Exchange mm-hmm. every year that mm-hmm. you're probably not hearing about mm-hmm. unless you're – um, you're hearing it through a broker or a mm-hmm. stock research company mm-hmm. or an online forum. That's often where you'll hear about these initial public offerings. Yeah, and again, they can be paid. So there is a commission structure mm. usually going from the company that, and a good broker will say, you know, 2% mm. or 15 or whatever they're paying yeah. um, of your application fee is going to the broker. And there was definitely some IPOs in Australia last year. You may not have heard of them, but they've gone down a lot since Mm. that initial listing price. So if you'd jumped on the bandwagon and been really excited, you'd actually be down a lot today. Mm. So if there is a company you like the look at, um, it's unusual for IPOs in Australia, you know, if they listed a dollar to to go through $2 and upwards Mm. and never come back. Um, So if there is something you like the look at, but you're not 100% knowledgeable on it you don't know everything about the markets it's in you don't know its competitors follow it read the ipo and definitely follow it after listing and often it does drift down Mm. um and we might get a correction in the market you know christmas time and everything gets sold off that's the time to buy it put it on your wish list so to speak watch it follow it see if it starts delivering on its promises it might be a stock that over promises or it might be a stock that you know um under promises and sort of delivers more Mm. so in the ipo they put forward um their prospectus in the sense of well this is our share um sorry the number of sales you know our revenue forecast the next 12 months so it's a great time as the company actually starts producing its um results to go back and see what did they say they were going to do. Were they going to sell 3 million widgets? Did they actually do that? Did they sell more? Mm. And then that might give you confidence to go, yep, I really do like the stock. It's doing what it said it will do. 
and that's very important and then that may be a good time to buy. Mm. And one thing on that that I also wanted to mention crowdfunding because that's sort of been developed in the last few Mm -hmm. years Um, and it's recently become sort of more legalised in Australia by the government. More popular, I'd say, with the younger investors. Yeah, so there's... It's not something the older investors mm, are used to. There's Australian-specific platforms. They're letting you start investing in small companies. Now, these aren't necessarily going to be listed on the stock exchange. It might be a private crowdfunding. So some of the financial technology companies, the small startups, have been doing crowdfunding. Um, And so their minimum's about $100, and but it's even riskier because there's no there's a lot less liquidity um, unless that company is bought out or uh, lists eventually. It's I think it's going to be quite difficult if you do want to get your money out. Mm. So no, they might offer you an online yeah market, but that will be very restricted to other of those private investors mm. who want to do it. And again, how much information? Do they have to give you as much information as a listed company which mm. has to publish its accounts? Um, you'd have to look into that. What sort of information as a private investor will I get? Yeah. And if it's a very sensitive area, they're going to be very careful about telling you, you know, all that uh, forecasting information because, you know, this might be an area that's right, right for competition and they don't want to give all that away mm. to the competitors. So... Um, do look at the sort of information you get in a crowdfunding. Um, yeah, and issue. especially if they haven't uh, launched their product yet, there could be many, many delays. So uh, I'd definitely not plan on using the money for a while if you're going to lock it up in crowdfunding. Mm. It's a lot less liquid than a company that's listing on the Australian mm. Stock Exchange. But it's a good thing to look at if, if it's an ethical thing that you really want to succeed. Mm. Well, it's about putting your money where your mouth is. But I think um, it, crowdfunding is, you know, has a role it, there. it does have more risks mm. associated, but it's a good opportunity for people to be involved in companies they believe in and support. Mm. And there are a lot of... Um, ethical focused businesses starting to crowdfund as well yeah so all options here to look at okay number six your investments are in someone else's name ah and you say how could that happen kate and often sometimes you you hear the stories and people transfer their money to their advisor or their broker and uh the broker buys the shares but the broker doesn't or the um advisor or whoever it is doesn't get them in the investor's name. They buy them in their own name or the company's name. Uh, so there's always a risk there. Uh, they might That might even be part of their process. But if you're not the legal owner of whatever the investment is, when it comes to if something happens and you have to wind up the company or someone's yeah, not acting needs money. ethically, mm. I think there's been a few. ASIC have um, disqualified a few financial advisors and accountants um, and they published them all online, so ASIC name mm. and shame <laughs> companies mm. and people, um, because the advisor, the accountant has gone off and uh, spent some of the money. Yeah, there's been quite a few uh, funds management and um, futures traders and things like that, which have ended up when you brought the future or brought the share in the advisor's company. Advisor's company had a bit of fraud going on. The rules and the counting standards weren't very well maintained and hence the investors lost their money. So they thought they owned, you know, the 1,000 BHP shares, but when it came to the crunch and the company <clears throat> folded, it was much harder to prove because the shares had been sold because mm. they're in the advisor's name. 
And I think a few of uh, I've been reading recently about a few of the hedge fund scandals in the mm. US. And when you're putting your money in a fund, you're not specifically owning the underlying assets. You have units in the funds. And the fund managers, some of them went off and uh, lived very extravagant yeah. lifestyles and uh, cooked the books a little bit. Yeah, and it's like, still happening. Mm. So I don't want you to don't want to scare you off anything, but it's it's really good to make sure if you are using a, a intermediary and an accountant well, we all have or an to. advisor, yeah, yeah even um, an online broker, yeah, make sure the statements are in your name. Yeah, make we've sure talked about the chess holdings. Yes, so, so you get you, a chess holding; it's still in the post. It should come to your address, your name, very clearly. So don't just sort of get it and toss it in the bottom drawer. Mm. Take the two seconds, really. That's all it takes. Is my name on the top? my address and is that what I brought is it the right number that I asked to buy is it the right company yeah and I had a classic case of a friend of mine who brought um, a company I think it was Ivanhoe something then they thought they were buying one it turned out there were two companies with the name Ivanhoe who would have thought and they're both in the resource and instead of Ivanhoe resources or something they brought Ivanhoe Mines and they're actually two quite different companies so you know you mightn't realize there's a very similar um, firm or or trading with similar codes Mm. out there and um, BKX or BKW just take a second and check Mm. before you throw that bit of paper in the bottom drawer. I mean, all the online trading systems make it so much easier to place a trade in a minute, uh, but it's easier than ever to make a mistake. Yep. The next one is the returns promised are out of this world. Mm. Well, you know, uh, the old one, if it promises, you know, too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, and I think that – but it gets people every time. Mm. Like ASIC are always releasing stats of the latest financial scams and how much Australians have been scammed of that year. Um, And it's millions and millions of Mm. dollars. Mm. Um, And it often comes back to sort of greed and wanting to get rich quick. Mm. And it is. We like to think everyone's ethical, but we've talked about this before. Um, It's it's really surprising – how many scams out there and how many unethical people mm. are out there. I mean, in the whole population, it's not too bad, but they do uh, pick on certain people and um, mm. people with money, people feeling a little bit guilty. Um, I had on my mobile phone the other day the um, phone call on quite an as- well-spoken Australian voice this time telling me, uh, my tax was due and if I didn't press one immediately on this phone number, um, they were um, starting legal proceedings. Mm. And, you know, the tax office never rings you up and demands money. And um, luckily I've paid all my tax. But it is quite, you know, confrontational in a sense. It's no longer the Nigerian, you know, scammer. And, um, you know, it, it... it can fool people quite easily. And mm. if you feel a bit guilty, oh, I haven't paid my tax, oh, well, maybe they are chasing me up. Or if you're thinking I can get, I've lost money here, I'm trying to make it up mm. somewhere else. We've all lost money. That happens sometimes. People do lose some money, money. but yep. they were not supposed to be playing with that money to begin with or they couldn't afford to lose it. And they take an even bigger risk to try and recover and the money. Yeah. So that pushes you under more pressure to take that bigger risk or that, you know, the uh, barbecue tip because someone said it's a sure thing or the mm. 
horse race bet. I mean, yeah, or someone's you. There's something online. Oh, we'll double your money in a week. Yep. Or this stock will go up two hundred percent. Yeah. I promise you. Yep. And I've had a financial plan that's promised me certain things, and I go, how can you in this day and age make those promises? Yeah, I'd be very wary if anyone's promising you anything. Yeah. So. They can say on past performance it's double, but as mm. you know, past performance. And if their performance is amazing compared to the rest of the market, what are they actually doing? Are they taking mm. some very massive risks mm. or are they using some uh, products underneath the fund or whatever it is to um, to increase their return? So it's worth having a look if the fund is an outlier. Mm. There are circumstances where the fund managers mm. have done a great job and they've just had an amazing year. But there's also other funds that mm. um, are really outliers and you've got to look at what's going on underneath. Yeah, so great losses and, and great gains. And it may be the funds that are really losing in the current season because they haven't gone in um, to certain tech stocks will be the great winners maybe next season. Mm. Um, so you get that cyclical movements as well. But uh, always it's... You know, any good fund manager will explain, oh, this is why we made those outperformances and they can give you a very clear, logical reason. But if you don't feel the reason's clear, again, um, you know, worst case, you could be in a a pyramid scheme or Mm. like Bernie Madoff and he just keeps taking the next person's money to keep pushing up the returns and Mm. and paying out the... uh, I think there's always going to be another another scam or another... Mm. Someone promising big returns and there's mm. always going to be people who fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've all fallen for other things in the time. It's a learning lesson. Yes, definitely. Okay, number eight. You send your money off to the Cayman Islands in an effort to evade tax. So Ooh, someone's tried that one, promising <laughs> you some sort of – there's a lot of people out there that promise you some sort of tax scheme or – Yes. So we can do something clever with your tax yes. to reduce it or get you this amazing tax return or yes. put you in this strange product. Yes, or claim um, greater tax expenses and really there's any legitimate need to because they sort of do mm-hmm. funny cash refunds. Um, I have honestly stayed away from all that, but I've seen even large companies fall into that. They've been advised by tax lawyers to do certain things and you know, as time goes on, you wonder whether that's the sort of thing they want to be in. Mm. Um, and just because it's not technically illegal. Mm. Uh, but that can change and then the it doesn't always look good yeah. later on when you get exposed in the financial press. So, yeah, Some uh, large companies in the overseas have been exposed for some things that were technically not illegal but mm. uh, look pretty bad, and like some, putting money offshore and, and things like so, that. Um, that you know, think about if you are using an accountant or a lawyer, um, you know, what type are they? Do they follow very strictly and very conservative rules mm. here? Are they registered through the appropriate body? Yeah. And their type of clients. If they mm. use, if you've got some very wealthy clients, um, are they looking to push that, you know, envelope or do they just use suburban run-of-the-mill mums and dads, as we say, small business clients that probably mm. wouldn't be doing anything at all. In and the if Canada in doubt, Islands. the ATO website, it, all of the rules are published. So oh, yeah, but you, it, it does. It but is you go to, to an expert, Yeah, you know, you go to a tax account because they're supposed to know the rules mm. and you're not the expert, So, but you're also relying on them to make sure what they're doing 
is in the straight and narrow. And if you yeah. said to them, let's do something dodgy, they should say, no, that's not the type of accountant we are. Yes. You know, we don't push the envelope. Yeah. But there's definitely a creative accountants out there that yeah. you can find if you're looking for something a bit different. But uh, you might send it off and, of course, it never comes back. Yeah. Because, and that's very hard to report because you're the one who's maybe agreed mm. to something that wasn't totally legit in the first place so yeah so, so they get you caught in that way and don't get caught up in some strange scam mm. okay number nine deciding you're the next big day trader <laughs> now i think uh, i've definitely thought that was a cool career for a few months <laughs> when i was a, a few years ago <laughs> Some people do have that as a career, and I have met some mm. serious day traders that actually have been doing it for many years. It's their full-time job, but they take it very seriously. They're up, do it, studying, they're doing their preparation. It's it's you've it's got not the capital. They don't just the log in for an hour mm. a day. They're not living on a a beach with their laptop on their lap. <laughs> um, they've actually they're set up. They're doing proper work, mm. um, and they're doing all of the. Yeah, things and involved. A, a lot of if you read about day traders and good day traders, you actually have to understand your own mind, your own psychology, mm. and you have to live within your own set of rules about when you buy, yeah. when you sell, when you stop, um, when you take profits. And that's hard for most of us. I often start with a good set of rules. <laughs> a few months later, it's it's out the window. Yeah, um, and you know you're doing. And you can lose a lot of money very quickly if you just decide this and don't know what you're doing and end up leveraging or getting things. And that stock's, you know, fallen 50% because you, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, you know, that sort of thing. So I really think it's where aiming at the um, newer investors would be very unlikely and have anyone as a new investor would just go straight into day trading. Yeah. It's usually But I mean you have one you have one then, great win. Yeah. And, and then, then you, you think, go, oh, oh I, can I can do, do this. this. I can do this but, every uh, day. Yeah. And don't stop your day job. And just say. don't you'll see there's a lot of pictures on Instagram appearing where people are just putting screens pictures up of their screens, their trading screens and stock charts and mm. making day trading look glamorous and talking about how much they've made that month. But uh, I'd say 99% of that's probably fake. Yeah, again, you tell the good stories and you're often very alone, yeah. so you rely on the internet to communicate with people. Yeah. Um, and and the, the few I've talked to, it is hard work. It's not glamorous. It's not so glamorous. Uh, don't fall it for the glamorous. Instagram <laughs> pictures. No. Okay, and our final way to lose money when investing is having no idea what you're invested in. No, no. Well, that's so that that catches us time and time again. I think it catches every investor, mm. um, well, and it think pre- you know, and then pretty go, much covers oh. all of the points we've mentioned. But um, do your research. Do do your own research. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you're not just listening to the forum or your friend or whatever the website's telling you. Mm. So yeah, I mean, every now and then you get a a tech company or something that is really hard to understand and Mm. I've done quite well with the company I've tried reading it I've read articles on it I've done all sorts I still can't quite work out what they're doing but they're doing it very well that's all I can work out Mm. um and sometimes you 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 brave it and go with it till it turns but um otherwise I always try and know you know what's the company doing um couple of its main competitors you know what's its growth like so all that basic stuff you can find Mm. in any book um 
and again on, online there's lots of teaching areas you can look yeah. at but get a feel for that company um and also the other thing that saves a lot is just the churn and burn we haven't really talked about churning and burning um getting in and out of companies not day trading but not holding a company for very long mm. and that often comes down to not knowing why you own, own it, it because you're not sure when you should sell it when mm. you should buy more because you're not really sure why you bought it in the mm. first place so if you're here to invest rather than short-term trading you're trying to think of firms that will grow with you um live with you that you're looking for a five-year growth because i don't want to be having to research every day of the week to find a new company because i've just sold that mm. i made you know a five percent loss now i've got to buy another one i'll make another five or ten percent loss so i'll lose my money doing that mm. so you're much better off is actually thinking about the long-term hold um and i know so one of the ways you can lose money is if you're not understanding Hence, you're not prepared to suffer that 5 or 10% loss because if you think, really, at the end of the day, this is a jolly good company and just because Mr Trump said something that sent every stock that dealt with China mm. down 20%, are you going to sell or do you think, actually, this is just noise? Because mm, I know what this company does, does. and I'm comfortable with and my At the end of the investment. day, the, com- the countries are still going, the company is still going, they're still going to trade. Yes, I might have a bad couple of months now because, you know, Trump's done this or somebody's done that. But, you know, that's the way to lose money. Keep selling out. Oh, I've lost a bit. Sell. Oh, buy another thing. Lost. Sell. There goes your capital. So it's sitting there for the long haul. Your capital will go down. But if it's a good company, eventually your capital will go up in most cases. Mm. So, you know, don't trade too often (laughs) all right well i hope some of these tips have helped you and if you're if you've fallen for some don't worry we all have but it's about being more mindful when we go forward about what we are investing in and how we're consuming information so we do have more resources on investing and buying shares online on our website, www.howtomoney.online. And if you have any questions at all or comments, suggestions following this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so you can contact us via our website as well or at Twitter at HowToMoneyAustralia. Anyway, Susan, thanks for joining me on this episode. Thanks, Kate. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.